0: Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. As we get into the book of Romans, we're going to be skipping the preliminaries of what the Apostle Paul said at the very beginning of the first chapter. I'm going to go ahead and go to verse 14, and let's read, if we could, those three verses, Romans 1, verses 14 through 16. Paul says, I am debtor, both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise, so much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us now to look into the perfect law of liberty and consider where we're at what we're reading what you use the apostle paul to impress on our hearts i pray in christ's name amen last weekend was really exhausting but it was exhilarating as well the 2 minute warning it was also a challenge because of the preaching was done from this very pulpit. By the way, I have to admit, it was, it was great to have Tom Armin here last Sunday. I haven't seen him in decades. And you, you just, you know, don't know what young people are remembering. And of course, now he's not, he's 47, but I rejoice in how the Lord is using using him. But it just reminds me, and especially with all the preaching that we had the passion that we need to have for God's word, especially as as we keep hearing day by day, by week, by month, what is going on in our world. Now, that's not to just toss us all over the place. I've told you before, when I go to have my devotions in the morning, I take this journal and I open it up I see a picture of our theme for this year, continue. And then I see a picture of my wife and myself. But then I have three scripture passages. Now remember, looking into the perfect law of liberty, there's three things I need to be reminded of. Now I don't know what it is that you need to be reminded of every day. But I have three passages, actually four, but the first three I really focus on. The first one, be careful for nothing. You know why? Because I worry easy. I worry easy. So I let the Apostle Paul be used of the Lord to remind me, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The second verse is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. I just finished this this last week in my devotions. My grace is sufficient. Remember, God told Paul that when Paul had come to him and said three times, Lord, would you please take this thorn in the flesh? And finally the Lord said, you know something, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Your weakness. Now, we don't like weakness. We'd rather have it inherent in ourselves to be able to rise up and beat down whatever is beating against us. Can't do that. This is called spiritual warfare. And the only way we have strength for spiritual warfare is our God, who is a spirit, who dwells within us and gives us the promises. So I remind myself of it. The third one is Ephesians 2.10. For we, and I praise God, that includes me, if we've trusted Christ, for we are his workmanship, You know, I'm so glad that God's not done working on me. I'm glad that every time I open up God's word, he he helps me comb my hair. He helps me brush my teeth. He helps me shave. He helps me look in the mirror and recognize, you know, this is what needs to be done. Those three things are things that I really, I, I, I love it because there's work that needs to be done. Now, when it comes, and I've been looking at, the, at Romans chapter 1 for a long time, when it comes to the church, and that's us, that's you, individuals who have trusted Christ as Savior, when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to a local body, There's been a lot that's gone on. Maybe you have heard things that kind of concern you. I have. Some people will say, well, you know, the courts will never allow that to take place. The courts are only men, and when they are weak, other things go. We're hearing situations now where the government is considering taking over the internet completely in the name of equity so that anybody that steps out of the bounds that the government decides is good, oh, it never happened here. Have you looked north of our border? If anybody steps out like speaking the word of God, well, you know what? You're not going to be able to go over the internet anymore. But again, our God is able. I'm trusting Him. That is one of the things that I learn when I look into the perfect law of liberty. I can say, you know what, my God. I'm reminding you, my God says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, hey, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, that's the same for us all. But in looking into the perfect law of liberty and understanding Paul's declarations for himself, We have to decide, okay, what am I going to listen to? Who am I going to listen to? You've got to think about this. I've entitled the message this morning, Cowards or Conquerors. I think you'll see what I mean as we go into this passage. But again, remember, our God is on our side. There really is one more passage that I have here that I'm reminded of. Romans 8. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? There's our hope, folks. Our God truly is a glorious God. Amen? I want to be thinking. And you want to be thinking as well. At least I pray you do. I want to be thinking what my God desires me to think. Remember from the very beginning when the Lord spoke what we call the Lord's or the Sermon on the Mount. He said, this is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hey, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Now, question, are we really there saying, you know what, Lord? I'm not just going to come to you this morning and beg you for a dozen things. Here's my prayer, Lord. Thy will be done. Now, I'm not not negating asking him for anything. But when's the last time we said, you know what, God? God. You know what you need, to take, you need to have happen in this world. Lord, thy will be done. And Lord, whatever I can do helps that happen with your power. We've been reminded of something in the brief past, especially the men. Two-minute warning. When you have a right view of God, and that's the most important thing about us. The most important thing about you is your view of God. It will dictate everything else, including this. If you have a right view of God, you will have a right view of yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to struggle with that. You'll read about yourself as you go through Scripture for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, Ephesians 2.10. Listen to Jude, verse 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you, listen, that ye should earnestly contend for the faith. Now, we read what Paul said in Romans 1, and Jude is right there saying, yeah, exactly. Because we've got to have an attitude that the Lord intends for us when it comes to being what we're supposed to be here, having a right view of him. And in doing so, hearing his commands, hearing his scripture, we'll wind up getting a right view of ourselves. You know what? We are in a fight this is a battle. There are people that have all kinds of erroneous ideas of this word. I read some of them this last week. It broke my heart because I've got people that I know that have believed those things. But when you read the scripture and let the scripture interpret the scripture, those verses, or excuse me, those things that they think, they don't make any sense, they don't apply in God's word, they... It's a lie. It's a lie. Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 9, 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all? But one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. And I was telling, I told the church on Wednesday night, we had the... um, healing's here. It was great. Just just a great service with our missionaries there to Micronesia. He took us to that place in 1 Corinthians 9. And I got to looking in my, my Bible, and I'm not sure exactly when I wrote this down. I think it was way back when, when I was teaching in Santa Maria. But read that verse 1 Corinthians 9.24, and at the end saying, so run that ye may obtain. And and I wrote down, and I think Pastor uh, Pastor Stevens is the one that said it, anticipate your reward. So for instance, let's be an encouragement to each other in this. When we get into God's word, we're recognizing something. One day we're going to give account. Folks, I'm telling you, I am continually reaping the reward of you from 11 years ago, I think it was, when you sent my wife and I to Israel. I'll never forget the second day when we were in Caesarea or Caesarea, however you want to pronounce it. And all of a sudden I realized I'm in an amphitheater. The Mediterranean Sea is behind me. I'm looking at a section up front and I'm told this is where the Apostle Paul stood before King Agrippa. And it's like, I'm right there. I took a picture of it. But then there was was a tunnel that went out of the amphitheater and, and as you walk out of it, there's what's known as the Hippodrome. And that's what Paul saw when he was there for the years that he was kept at Caesarea, and he remembered seeing runners there, and there was a place where a king, an authority, would sit, and it was called the Bema Seat. And that's where the runners would receive their reward, the winners. And I realized, my soul, that's what Paul used to give that picture of how one day we're going to stand before God. Folks, one day we're going to stand before God. Question, do we anticipate what our God is going to say and what he's going to give us? Again, just something that as we go through God's word, it helps us and I don't mean to beat this down, it helps us comb our hair. If we've got hair to comb. I'm going to leave that alone. So go back if you would please, go back if you would please to Romans chapter 1. Now Thinking about what we have already heard and what we're going to read, what we're going to study. Remember what, <coughs> and you need not turn to it, but remember what Paul said to those that were reading and to us in Romans eight. We're gonna down the road. We're gonna be at Romans eight, but I love this when in Romans eight thirty seven Paul said, "Nay," and all these things. We are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors. Not because we're muscular, not because we shoved other people out of the way, but because our God has given us his strength to overcome our weakness. So in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We partake of that Spirit of God that speaks to us. Are you listening? It'll make a difference when we stand before him. I want you to see three places, real quick. The Apostle Paul gave three IMs when it came to his walk with Christ. First of all, he said, I am debtor. That Greek word there means one bound by duty or compulsion, one who is obligated. He says, I'm, I'm obligated to others. First Corinthians 9:16, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Now you stop and you consider this. We have an obligation. There are people that we can and we should share the gospel with. Paul went on to say, you know, I'm I'm a debtor to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. The, the, The parallel there is kind of interesting. The Greeks of that day Included people, they weren't just from Greek, they were considered Greek if they've learned Greek culture, etc. They were educated, they were trained in that culture. The Greek language was literally thought to be the language of the gods, and their wisdom was almost divine according to them. Now, we might think of that and go, oh man, you've got to be kidding, that's crazy. No, not really, when you stop and consider what sometimes we can think of as far as ourselves. I love being an American. I I, I rejoice in it. But here's the challenge. We're all sinners. And you can, by God's grace, look at what ought to be done, but then when the wicked one comes along and spoils it, folks, this, this place isn't heaven. This isn't so. There was the Greeks, but then there was the barbarians. I thought this was good. To the Greek, those that couldn't speak Greek, those that were for some place, and they thought they were uneducated, they would make fun of them. You know, oh, they just speak like this, bar 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 barbar barbarians. We brought it over into our English in the narrowest sense. A barbarian is referred to the culture, uncultured and uneducated. But really, it was anybody that wasn't a Greek. Paul is saying, listen, I am called to all, wise and the unwise, Greeks and the barbarians. Secondly, look at verse 15. So much is in me is, I am ready. Now, this is one of the places where we need to be encouraged to be ready. The greatest place is for you when you take your Bible in the morning and you don't just read it half asleep, you study it. Hey, I, I, I see this. Get yourself something, not only a Strong's Concordance, but also something that has cross-reference. You might even have it in your Bible. Comparing Scripture with Scripture. Oh, John said this, Peter said this, Paul says this, I get it. I get it. By the way, you can get it like that. Paul is saying, I am ready. Consider these two things when it comes to that word that translates ready there. First, there is the idea of readiness. Whatever it might be, wherever God was calling him, whatever God wanted him to do, he was ready. But then the secondary emphasis there is eagerness. The eagerness is there because of this. Paul is saying, look, I've studied this out. I was a Jew brought up at the feet of Gamaliel, I know the Hebrew scriptures. I have studied them. I have heard the claims of Christ. I met him on the road to Damascus. And you know what? It's real. He's real. I've searched it out. I've searched him out. I am fully persuaded. 2 Timothy 1.12. He said that for the which cause. I also suffer these things, what he was going through. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Bernie and I went to see Pat Taylor this last week. It's amazing that over five years ago, the doctors said, you need to get your house in order, you know, um, or five and a half years ago, you need to get your house in order, you're going to die. I think she has outlived some of those doctors. We saw her on Thursday. Uh, Roger went and saw the Roger and Wayne went to see her uh, yesterday. She's looking looking good. And I've got it on video, by the way. I I, I thought, can I have, I want to show this when we have your service. This is what she said. She said, there have been times that people have told me that the Lord's getting ready to take me home. And she says, no, it's, it's not time. But she says, now I know it's time. Not because somebody else is telling me. God has told me. I expect her to be gone soon. I just do. But she is ready. She knows as well whom she has believed. Now, that's great. Paul here is talking about I'm ready to be a testimony. Are we ready to be a testimony? Pat Taylor saying, I'm ready to go. I remember when my mom was. Others, you can think of believers. Let me ask you, are you ready? Stand before him. Now that question ought not to be treated lightly. Being ready, being in eagerness, is something that God's people ought to seek after. And Satan will do everything he can to get you off the track. Thirdly, look at verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also, again, to the Greek. Now, that word ashamed means embarrassed or guilty because of one's actions, characteristics, or associations. Paul, in in, in this place right here, the Apostle Paul, as we will see, is ready to launch out on a dissertation, on an expose, whatever you want to call it. He is getting ready to write out one of the greatest Writings, truths, whatever you want to call it, that are found in Scripture or in the world. I mean, you go through chapter 1, and Satan and his minions have fits. But Paul wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, I am not ashamed from the core. From the core of what Paul taught us later on in Romans, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, separation from God forever. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He wrote again to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 15, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received how uh, that Christ died for our sins, here it is. Remember, Paul searches out according to the scriptures. It's pointed out. This is prophecy fulfilled and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So he's ready to launch out and tell about it to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. Oh, well, he'd have an easy time there. Things weren't near as bad. (laughs) Remember who the president was back then? He was not called president. He was called emperor. His name was Nero. And he had a habit of taking people that believed in Jesus and making them into human light fixtures. He put their bodies up. Light them up to light the way. This man was unbelievably cruel, wretched, wicked, and merciless. And here came Paul. Paul was a Jew. Not exactly the kind of people that you would invite at a party. But secondly, what Paul was preaching was unbelievable. It was almost beyond belief. A man hung on the cross was treated the way he was. They put a spear through him. He shed his blood. And you're telling me he came back to life? I don't think so. Paul says, no, I know it. I met him on the road to Damascus. He was risen from the dead. There were hundreds of people that saw him. But other people thought it was absolutely foolish, including today. And the fact is, he hung on a cross. They didn't just spear him. They didn't shoot him. The cross was an emblem of shame. And yet that's where Christ was. Oh, by the way, in between two thieves. Stop and consider it. Paul was looking the world in the eye and saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For this, he was imprisoned in Philippi. He was chased out of Thessalonica. He was smuggled out of Damascus. He was laughed at in Athens a Mars Hill. He was considered a fool in Corinth. In fact, with some, he was declared a blasphemer in Jerusalem by his own countrymen, people that he loved dearly. Folks, are you starting to get it? The Apostle Paul, here he is coward or conqueror? He said, No, I ain't going the way of the coward. We are more than conquerors. How? Through him that loved us. He wasn't going to let all these things deter him from telling the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you something. Are you ashamed? Am I ashamed? I've got a book right now written by Matt Walsh called Church of Cowards. And he writes about how the heathen hordes came over to America. We've heard about this Christian nation. We're going to slaughter the Christians. And so they came, swords drawn. They couldn't find any Christians, or at least where they were looking. There were different churches that they went to. They had all abandoned the faith. Some, it was come to Christ and he'll make you rich other come to Christ and you can live as you want no matter what, on and on and on and finally they found one guy that said yes I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ I believe in Jesus Christ, he's the only way to heaven etc etc and the others around went he's crazy, he doesn't talk, he doesn't speak for us and they just sheathed their swords, got back in their boats and sailed away there's just no way Can I ask you a question? Should we be afraid of what the world can do to us? We are more than conquerors. Yeah, but I I don't want to go through that. Neither do I. I'm not looking for it. But I do know this. If his grace is sufficient for me right now and his grace is sufficient for you right now, I was looking into the face of a lady who's getting ready to die, and you know something? His grace is sufficient for her. I looked into the face of my sister, into the face of my mother. Same thing. I looked into the face of young people in India that were getting ready to go back to places where there were those that wanted to put them to death. Same thing. You know what? because his grace is sufficient, and I remind myself of that every day, and I am his workmanship, and so are you, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. You know what? We can say we're more than conquerors. We can say, hey, I'm ready. I'm able. Passionate about this. Now, have I chickened out before in giving the gospel to somebody? Yeah. We all have. We can look back and we can think of when we should have given a gospel tract to somebody or something or talked to them because it's in our flesh. But, you know, we don't have to go that route. And, brethren, face it. We live in a world right now that desperately Needs the gospel. How many of you have ever looked at neighbors and you thought, I wish they'd listen to me? Because I've talked to my neighbors. Promises and then nothing. But one day, I mean, this world is prime. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who's in control. I just know this. I've got a gospel. It's hated, reviled, lied about. It's schemed against. It's twisted. It gets twisted. It's misrepresented. And yes, it is ignored, but it's the only gospel that saves. And we can look at the world and tell them that. He's not one way to heaven. He is the way to heaven. And you get there by trusting him, his finished work. So where are we at? Howard conquer. We're going to see more about how the apostle Paul saw himself and his time And we can see ours. But we have some awesome days ahead of us. You know why I know that? Because of where they end. We truly are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We can live that way